It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome in, everybody, to the Lausanne Diamond League Recap Pod. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. Our email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Going to run through some of the highlights from this meet that just wrapped. So if you're watching live, feel free to drop some questions and comments in the chat. I said before, this is going to be an all-time meet. Might have oversold it a little bit. So I want to start off with an apology to everybody. You know, you probably tuned in anyway because you're a track fan, you're following the Diamond League, and you saw the big names. But maybe there's one or two people out there who tuned in to the meet because, like, man, Kevin really, really, really sold that meet. And he's not usually the guy for hyperbole. Usually that's Gordon. So maybe, maybe I need to make some special time on Friday to watch this meet. I would like to apologize to those one or two people out there at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry. This did not I think go we need to start. It's going to go. We need to start a new segment called Apology Cam, where you just go full cam. <laughs> you just apologize to the audience for your misrepresentation of a take or sorry. your preview sorry. or your reaction. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, but like, it makes sense. All the best runners were there. They all, you know, coming off of great performances, weeks or at Europeans or at previous Diamond Leagues. It made sense mm-hmm. that looking at the lineup, that we would have a lot of fireworks. But, Hey, they're human. They're not robots. They don't always put on all-time marks. They're all-time marks for a reason. They don't happen all the time, unless you're like Mondo Duplantis. So in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's kind of, you can't really be disappointed because it's kind of what you normally get. I mean, people ran well, well people won races, and, you know. Yeah, but then you just, you look at last year, post-Olympics, there was a lot of great meets. You know, Monaco this year was was really good. We always have good post-Worlds or post-Olympics meets. We just never know where they come from. The weather didn't help either. They kept saying it was it was chilly out there. That certainly didn't help. Obviously, the women's 100, there was all sorts of other stuff going on in that race. But just as a whole, like, what's the headline? I mean, to me, I think it might have been that last race, the men's 200. You think that was the the headline race from this meet? Well, I thought the headline was when 
all the Jamaican women came back and they ran in that four by one and they broke the world record. You didn't see that part? So that would have been an awesome plot twist. And that would have changed everything that I thought about the meet. And I almost thought that for a second, like maybe they're all just going to come back. Maybe they're all going to swoop back in. All four of them are going to come together and break the world record. And it would be the ultimate fake out. But no, I, I think it's lies. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah. That's Lyles. I mean, despite I mean, the, con- the conditions weren't good, it wasn't particularly a fast day. We know that from the rest of the performances. And he still puts up one of his best times ever. Didn't get a great start, but still runs 1956. Yeah, I mean, he's turning 1956, 1950s into like a baseline. I mean, think about the first time he ran 19.5 and our reaction, however many years ago that was. We're like, whoa, 19.5, that's, that's a different tier. But now 19.5 is slowly becoming his floor, which shows where he's where he's come from, you know, kind of his roller coaster of a career from 2019 to 2022 with his up and down. And, you know, now he's run in consecutive order 19.3, 19.4, 19.5. I guess when you say it like that, it sounds like he's getting slower, but uh in my mind it feels like he's staying on top he's staying in that super elite range in the sub 196s and you know with two more big diamond leagues probably only one more 200 i would guess maybe it's two more 200s in them i think we might have an, at least one more opportunity for him to you know go after another extremely low time in the 193s maybe 192s and in his world the 19 whoa. ones, but yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll see if that wow. happens. I don't, I don't make those predictions wow. anymore. I stay away from that. <laughs> you are banned from those predictions. Yeah. I think you're right. It's just the consistency is the most important thing here and doing it on a day when not everybody's running that fast, doing it after a less than ideal start, doing it when you're under a little bit of pressure from Michael Norman, who by the way, ran a great race, 1976 for, for Norman, that was a good run for him. Um, I think that I think that speaks uh, volumes uh, about where Noah Lyles is at right now. Um, I know you're big on Norman stock, so I'll give you I'll give you the floor right now. Okay, who has run a faster 200 meter time in 2022? Michael Norman or Kenny Benderick? Let me do a quick math. Michael Norman's time, 1976. Kenny B's time, 1977. So, you know, based on this math, Mm. 0.01 faster, Michael Norman may have a case for being one of the top four 100-meter runners (laughs) in the Nike uniform over Kenny B. Fred Curley, Marvin Bracey, Michael Norman, and Christian Coleman. Not Trayvon Bromel? Trayvon Bromel doesn't. No, because Bromel's new balance. Oh, new, sorry. Oh, that's right. Nike. Sorry. Remember Team Nike. Um, Everyone was upset with me putting Norman in over yes. Kenny B. Like, Kenny B, he came off of a medal yeah. in the 200. Yeah, well, you know what Michael Norman did? He won gold in the 400, and then he ran a faster time than Kenny B. I, All this I saying, Kenny B's going to win gold in the 200 in 2023, for the I record. Was. Let that be known. But Michael Norman, today should be on is a top okay. 400 meter runner in a nike uniform i wasn't asking you to rehash your bad take about a hypothetical relay team that's never going to happen i was asking you to talk about michael norman 
That, that's what the question was. Michael Norman. What did you think of his that's race? Not, what not I heard. comparing. What I heard was. I said, what did you think of Norman's performance? I was talking about thinking Michael Norman was a good sprinter. I always thought he was a good sprinter. I just said, I'm not going to get sucked into this. It was at the time it was on the four by one Nike. I still stand by it. Teddy B's got a better lifetime best in the 200 anyway. But you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to talk. You don't want to talk. Wait, one more, one more, one more statement. One more statement. You lost your opportunity. No, this is an analysis on the race. That opening 80 meters, Michael Norman had Lyles' number. Like, he was out hard. He had the lead after the turn. Yeah, he had a great, like, great run. Yeah, great turn. Norman kind of fell apart in the end of it, but, like, he's going up head-to-head -head with the American record holder in a 200, and he's beating him through 100 meters. So, I'm just saying, Michael Norman, he deserved to be in that 4 by one <laughs> that and doesn't exist and that. will never happen. Great. Cool. All right. We're moving on to another event. Um, let's go to the women's hundred. So supposed to be Fraser Price first the clock, and then after that, a good battle, potentially one of the deepest races in history with Shrika Jackson, Tolu, Elaine Thompson, hurrah in that field. Fraser Price pulled out before the race, posted on Instagram, had some issues. Um that she felt in warm up, so she did not run, and that was that was a big blow to the race because, you know, as much as we thought this was a really deep field, Fraser Price has clearly separated herself from the rest of the women in the hundred this year. Now, with her out of it, you're like, all right, it's wide open. Is it going to be Shrika Jackson? Is it going to be Tolu? Ends up being Aaliyah Hobbs uh, pulling the upset. There was a false start and a DQ of Elaine Thompson Hurrah. So she was out of it, although based on this season, I don't, I don't think Thompson and Rob would have factored in anyway. But Hobbs gets the win over Jackson in Tulu. It was not, unfortunately, the deepest women's 100 of all time, as I predicted. It was just, it was just a little bit of a, a messy race after everything that we had hoped and anticipated it would be. Yeah, I mean, I started thinking conspiracy theory. It was like, where, where uh, was... Elaine Thompson, hurrah, and Shelly and Fraser Price, like, again, this is conspiracy theory, like purposely not running the race to just collect the appearance fee because they want to save themselves for the future Diamond Leagues down the line. That's my first thought whenever I see multiple people not being in a race. I mean, there was people in this race who ran in the B race like a few hours earlier because they just had all these empty lanes as a result. Um, but... Yeah, it wasn't the deepest race. It's not what you thought it would be. You don't need to tell your kid to remember the, this date in history. But Aaliyah Hobbs, yeah. you know, this is what we expect from her. She's been super consistent all year round. You know, she's had some great wins. She's had some tough top three finishes. And, you know, she beat Sharika Jackson. That's a good, yeah. that's a good yeah. uh, person to beat. Like, that's a good thing to put on your resume for 2022. Times are one thing, but like individual head-to-head -head yep. win over Sharika in 2022, not many people have that. Like how many people have beaten Sharika Jackson in 2022 besides yeah. Shelly and Fraser No, you're Price? right. Not yeah, you're people. right. Let, let me just rebut your conspiracy theory real quick. So okay. to, to me, Fraser Price had discomfort in their hamstrings. If there's anybody on planet Earth who should have discomfort in their hamstrings based on what they've been doing the last month, 
it's Shelly and Frazier Price because all she's been doing is running 10-6 over and over and over again. And you got to figure there's a point when your body is just like, okay, no more. And I could see her not wanting to end her season with an injury or a bad race. Much better not to push it and then try to get one more good one later on. Because she really wants sub 10-6. I, yeah. I believe that she really wants sub sub 10-6. And she probably believes there's not a ton more opportunities to get it. So I really think she wanted to race, but she made the the prudent decision not to do it. Still a bummer for everybody who wanted to watch. In terms of Thompson Harab, you'd think that once Fraser Price was out, wouldn't that increase your desire to run the race? Because now the opportunity is there. And you saw the winning times, you know, 10-8 high. Like that's something she could definitely run. Now you don't see her ball start that often. Maybe she was just really, really, really going for an amazing start. But I would think that everybody would want to finish the race, want to be in the race once the big favorite is out of it. But yeah, Hobbs takes advantage. Credit to her. I mean, credit to her for winning this race that if we had betting odds going in, she would have been towards the bottom and she pulled it off. She gets the win. If you uh, click on the qualification standings, Colt, on that um, results bring that up. So right now, there's still one more women's hundred to be run um, in the second to last Diamond League in Brussels before the finals in Zurich. And five women have locked up a spot on the starting line. Mm -hmm. If you look down, look who is just lurking in the potential opportunity to make the final for the Diamond League. A certain athlete. She's Carrie Richardson. She has seven points. If she you said there's one runs more, in the right? Brussels meet, she runs in the Brussels meet and runs well, gets a few more points, prevents other people from passing her. There's a chance well, we see Sherry it... Richardson in the Diamond League final. Well, I think a more realistic thing is Tamari Davis being in there. Look at where That's she's true. at on the on the standings. Tamari Davis is what she's got five points, so she would need to she would need to jump up a couple people, but there's always scratches. So you just need to get into the mix there. Cambungi, I could see getting in there as well. Um, who's that? Okay. So Asher Smith, Terry Hobbs, Nada, Regent Makins, and, and Tulu. Yeah. We'll have plenty of time to dive into the possibilities of the Diamond League final uh, later on. Let's go to the men's 15. Jakob, Jakob, Jakob. Did his thing, uh, 329, made the move from far out. The playbook is widely available. It's not even for purchase anymore. It's free. You can find it anywhere online. It's in the, the public domain. domain. It is, yeah, it's in the Wikimedia Commons. You can just Google it, royalty free. You can get your hands on a PDF of Jakob's playbook. And it's go to the front and stay there. I thought the last few meters, maybe they closed the gap just a little bit on him. But I think at that point, he was more in celebration mode. Kip Sang second, McSwain third. The rest of the field represented the chaos of the 1500. Because I thought Chariot would be the guy. It ended up being Kip Sang. You thought Oliver Hoare was the guy. It ended up being McSwain. So we had the right countries, the wrong people from the country. And listen, the up and down nature of the 1500 is something that's fairly common. It just doesn't apply to Jakob Ingerbrits. And he's always there. And then everybody else 
behind him is is rotating around and shuffling and having good races and bat like Kerr fourth like that's better than when we last saw him run like that's a solid race you know for for Josh Kerr Ford goes all the way down to twelfth um, Mario Garcia runs well finishes sixth but you know Cherry way back there in seventh uh, Jakob is the one constant in the men's fifteen yeah I mean. Not much you can really say to about this race. There wasn't that much excitement in it because we kind of knew what would happen. In order for us to get excitement now in a men's 1500, it's either Jakob has to lose, Jakob has to run an all-time great time, or yeah. there's like a, a, a fear of Jakob losing, like a nail-biter finish. Um, but now we have our um, Diamond League final set. as Kip Seng, Inga Britson, Oliver Hoare, Timothy Cherry, Jake Whiteman, Michael Rosmies from Poland, Charles Grethen from Luxembourg, Josh Kerr, Jake Hayward, and Mohamed, Mohamed Tier. So right now, Stuart McSwain is the first one out. So if someone scratches, he'll get in. I mean, I think that's, that's a good feel. That's everyone we'd want in there. So and Jake Whiteman has a spot. He's in the Diamond League. So if he has run it. no reason run it. not to run the final. Come on, Jake Come Whiteman. On. Run the final against Jakob Ingebrigtsen. All will be forgiven for the dodging at Europeans or whatever. We, won't, we will take that. We'll water under the bridge. Just race them mm. in this Diamond League final. You, you get immunity from previous yes. DNSs. All right. I have a question of, not about the Diamond League. It's about times, and it's about Jakob Ingebrigtsen. It's a multiple part question. So his personal best is 328.32. 328.32. So in order for him to run a PB, do you think Jakob's PB would come in a rabbited race or a championship race? No wrong answers here. Just your opinion. I mean, it's, it's going to come in a rabbited race. Okay. So do you think we will see so, like in the next year or two, like a legit attempt to get him through 1200 with, with pacers or maybe even, I think so. Maybe even to, I don't know, to, to, to the backstretch 300 to go, right? 1200 meters. And do, do you think we'll see like a legit, because at that level, it's going to have to be somebody really good pacing him. It can't just be a regular regular rabbit maybe maybe Sawinski could pull it off but it almost it feels like it needs to be a, a bigger coordinated effort to get to keep Jakob company like an and then running type thing we have like <laughs> not that many people this... that, that would be fun <laughs> that would be fun they're carrying the lights they're like the lights are too far if they're trackside I want you to see them look at these lanterns they hire like I a just bunch think of robots to be on the track remember remember when Semenya was running all those fast times and it, it almost didn't matter if there were rabbits. That's sort of what I think about with Jakob. Hey, maybe he doesn't even need rabbits. And since he's geared up for the championships, cause his PR comes from the championships. Heck, maybe he doesn't even need it. Maybe it messes with him somehow, but then, you know, the scientific side of things tells you, well, if, if all things else are equal, he could draft and then make a move. And he just is so comfortable though, running by himself. I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, if he's in going to break into the 327s or faster, like, what's that race going to look like? I mean, it's going to look like a race. You don't break world records in, when you're running to win. 
that's not when you break the record in, in distance races that is like you might do that in count? lane nine if you're wade van niekirk because you're just going all out but like in a 1500 and up you're never gonna run fast all-time fast in a championship race well that's he just did it though is what i'm saying he just no he's running 329 that's not that's different from running 28 25 that's his that's his fastest time ever is what i'm saying and he's running plenty of rapid though. races yeah, I'm just saying he's not going to be in the 325 world in a championship race. Well, it's going to have to be. Well, Natalie, Natalie, nobody's going to be in the 325 world because it hasn't happened yet. Okay, fair enough. I told you there were no wrong answers. There were no wrong answers. I was just curious your opinion. It's something that's starting to ruminate in my brain. I'm going to come back to this probably in a podcast down the line. So stay I think tuned. He goes for it. I think he goes for it post uh, Budapest. Interesting. He waits that long, huh? Yeah. When is Monaco next year? I think that's when he needs to go for it. The problem is Monaco yeah, didn't have a 15 do. this year. Monaco decided to have a 1,000 instead of a 15. But we already discussed that. Okay. How about women's 3K? This is probably the most exciting race of the entire meet. Alicia Monson almost won this thing. She made a big move. Had a nice gap on everybody on that back stretch, and then everyone, including the commentators, were just like waiting for it to close. Wait, they were so busy talking about all the moves in the pack behind her with Safan Hassan, with Nian Saba, with everybody moving around, Chibet, that like, meanwhile, Monson's inching closer and closer to the finish line, and then you're thinking, is Alicia Monson going to pull this off? And she just narrowly gets outleaned by Nian Saba. Nian Saba, if her goal was to run like the exert the exact amount of energy necessary to win without an, a drop more. Nian Saba executed that perfectly. Yeah, and that was that was like a a crazy ten meter kick. Like obviously she was yeah. closing in on her, but like the move didn't really happen until the final ten meters, where all of a sudden each stride looked like a stride and a half, and then she had that quick burst. Yeah. Um, but I was very impressed with Monson. I mean. No one in the stadium was thinking this is going to happen. I don't think either of you had Monson getting leaned at the tape no. by me and Samba. Thought it was going to be Safana San, if anybody. But she held on. It's a good time. 826, big PB. Um, Monson continues to inch closer and closer to, you know, getting more consistent with these international races. And that hopefully, you know, in these next two to three years, she isn't. Uh, out of place when she's up front at this level, you know, obviously she's yeah. in place when she's up front at the U S level. We've seen that yeah. she's already established herself there, but yeah, for women's three K five K 10 K running. It's really, there hasn't been many Americans who have been able to kind of mix it up with like the big guns. So this is 0.01 from Nian Saba beating out Hassan. Yeah. Like Jabet was in there. It, it was a good field. So. Yeah. And listen, Nian Saba hasn't run in a while. So you're like, okay, that's fine. But then look at all the other people in this race between Chibet, Hassan, Kip Kemboy, even on the U.S. side, Cranny beats her, beats Laura Muir. Um, number two U.S. all time outdoors. Just came out of nowhere. That, I well, always one thing like I was when the records come out of nowhere or the all time marks come out of nowhere. Yeah. And there's just no anticipation towards it. And you're like, wait a minute, what? I didn't see that coming. Yeah. It's uh, more fun that way. 
So if you're an American distance running fan, you don't have to think too far back to where an American finishing high up in a distance diamond league was a big deal. It was a huge deal. It's like, oh my gosh, what place did Evan Jager get in the steeple? Because there was a time when there was non-factors in everything. And then that all changed. That all changed, right? You, Central wins gold, you know, women collected, Jenny Simpson wins gold, the uh, Coburn Fredericks go one, two. But that distance group where we haven't seen it, I've talked about it over and over again, is the women's five. And then before the women's five, it was the women's three. Mary Slaney did well, but that event group, they've run fast times. The American records have dropped and the all the top 10 list has gotten faster. But in championships, they're always out of it. So that's that had this had a little bit of a throwback feeling to me of, oh my gosh, an, an American did that. And and especially someone like Monson who hasn't had that big moment yet in your career. And what I was thinking with 100 to go, I was thinking we've watched a ton of Alicia Monson races going back to college. She can kick. She can close. She always has that ability to close. And I don't know if the rest of the field knew that. And she almost, almost, almost was able to get across the line because she can close. She has closed well all throughout her career. And uh, yeah, great race for her, even though she gets second. And great return to competition for Nian Saba. Hadn't run in months. Was hurt. Yes. Yeah. Worlds. We thought she's going to be a favorite. Comes back and uh, gets the win. You can understand why she left it late. You can understand why she wanted to be the last person to kick. And you can understand why she was probably keying off. Safan Hassan and Chibet and some of these other athletes. Yeah. And uh, Monson qualifies for the Diamond League 5K final. Pretty cool. She'll be the lone American in that. Bunch of Ethiopians, obviously Nian Saba and Hassan, a few Kenyans. Mm -hmm. Great season so far for Alicia Monson. All right. Let's talk about me and my bank account and how I got $37 richer Thanks to this women's high hurdle race. Jasmine Camacho Quinn comes through. Helps me win the bet. Gordon didn't think anybody would run faster than 12.37. She does it with into a headwind with ease. 12.34. Oh, come times on. Weren't, getting, the times weren't fast in this here. meet. Was I nervous when I saw the other times throughout the meet? Yes. Tremendously nervous. Not because I couldn't absorb the $37, but because I couldn't possibly absorb months, perhaps years of ridicule from my co-host, Gordon Mack. So thank you to Jasmine Camacho-Quinn for running this time and getting the win. I'm sure she's happy. She beat Toby Amason, who's a world record holder. Um, Venmo, Cash App, what do you do, Gordon? How do I get Hold the on. I just want to know, you know, you were thinking Toby Amason was going to run sub-1237. No, I said there was four women this year, I think, who had season best faster than that time that you arbitrarily threw out there. So thank you. You know you got lucky. Can you just admit that? You Can you admit that you got lucky? Because no. if you really look at these results, no. that's no. when the twelve when the world record holder is running twelve forty five. That is not a oh yeah, definitely sub twelve thirty seven in this race. Jasmine Camacho no. Quinn saved your ass barely a hundred percent. But Jasmine Camacho Quinn has run twelve twenty six. My whole point was the depth of the women's high hurdles was going to prevail here. I didn't say, and maybe if you're better at betting, you would have made it solely on one person. But my whole point was there was a bunch of women. You're the one who almost lucked out because you got the bad weather. You got the headwind and she still ran faster than that. It could have been a beautifully sunny day in Lausanne, a radiant sky. But instead, 
Actually, I don't know if it was sunny, but it was cold and there was a headwind and she still did it. I'll ask again, Venmo, Cash App, check. What are we doing here? We'll do Venmo. We'll do Venmo. Quarters? Maybe I'll start a GoFundMe to raise a dollar from 37 of our fans so I don't have to pay it. But no, I'll I'll Venmo you $37. Thank you. No, I I kind of wish I, I I only want to Venmo you $34, but I'll Venmo you $34. I was just going to bet you 10 bucks. But you had to get cocky about it. You had to open your mouth. I just want you to accept the idea that when we look at these results, no, take out Jasmine Camacho Quinn, barely breaking 1237. (laughs) This is what I thought would happen. There's a bunch of 1240 highs. Some, you know, Kenny Harrison's running 1259. That's what I thought would happen. What I thought would happen happened. I just miscalculated the exact number. So why would you bet? Why would you bet on something? Then why did you bet? money on a thing that you thought was going to happen if it puts you on the wrong side of the bet because i thought places second third fourth fifth sixth seventh and eighth all finish how i thought would finish i just was, was off by 0.03 second for first place? place did we bet on second place no but that's how i was making my prediction based off of i just want you you're, to know that i correctly not... predicted that this was not going to be a bunch of 12 twos it wasn't a bunch of 12 twos because in part Nothing was fast today. And I knew that. That's, that was a condition. That oh, because of the, the weatherman Colt told you? Is that what yes. happened? I really messed up, guys. I'm sorry. I thought the weather was going to be fine. <laughs> Colt, you can come back from Lausanne now. You've done your duty. Fly All back right. home. I'm getting on the plane. Get on, on the plane. <laughs> put it on Gordon's card. All right. Uh, yeah, give me my money. How about this? How about this? You have to let me... Do a double or nothing. No, I won't. I know when to walk away. I grew up in Las Vegas. I know how this works. I'm walking away. I want Either you get $10 now. No, that's not how it works. You don't, and you can, and you this can, is not a negotiation. No, that's not how I'll bets work. You don't get to negotiate your debt. How about men's high hurdles though? That was surprising. Uh, we thought this could be a big Holloway race and it was not. It was a big Rashid Broadbell race who is putting together a nice resume. I mean, at this point, we have to talk about this guy as a gold medal threat next year. You know, he won Commonwealth, came back, won a race on the circuit. Now he goes 1299. Uh, Cunningham gets up for second, 1310. Holloway, 1311. And then Parchment real close for fourth and 1313. A lot going on here. I guess let's start first with, with Broadbell. Uh, do you agree? I mean, anytime a guy runs a hurdle time that starts with 12, you just, it's like an yeah. automatic, it's, it's a fast pass. Basically it's a hurdling fast pass. You go yeah. to the front of the line. You are a contender now. Yeah, for sure. No, he has put himself into that conversation for 2023. I mean, he's in conversation to win the diamond league final. Um, like you're running sub 13. Not many people do that. That means you, you have a spot, you have a chance and not to tr- see what Grant's doing, but like seeing the way Grant's running, Grant is definitely beatable. We're now have seen it multiple times. Grant still is great and still should always be a favorite, I think, no matter what. But like, if you have the talent, you can run 13 flat or sub 13, you know, you're in position to give yourself a chance to win, a, li- a realistic and actual chance to win. Not just like, uh, maybe I'll beat Sydney if she stops and makes dinner and watches a television show for 20 minutes and then continues running and then I'll beat her. It's not like 
no one's beating Sydney, but like some people will be potentially beat Grant. So it's cool. And it's Jamaica. Now they have the Olympic champion in Parchment. They have Broadbelt yeah, not coming good. on well, who's going to be looking good in the next few years. How old is he? How old is Broadbelt? Let me scroll up. Well, I think he's, he's 22. 22 so he's, so he's going to be a factor for the next, you know, three global championships. So it's good for Jamaica. All right. Now I want to ask you about Holloway. Nobody knows Grant Holloway like you know Grant Holloway. You've covered him for years. You've filmed a couple workouts with him. Anybody who's been around you two in the media area know that you two have a, I'd say, unique relationship. But Deep Down is your guy, right? Deep Down is your guy, yeah. would you say? Big fan. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's kind of everybody's guy because he's very personable. What's going on here? Well, I don't know. First of all, seeing a non... We, we know Grant has lost. We've seen, we, he wins all the time, but he does lose a couple times. But I was like, when's the last time he's gotten beat by more than one person? Like, it's always just a win or just an upset. I did the math. He has run 46 races in a row since his last time he finished outside the top two in a race, with most of those being a first-place finish. Obviously, he has you know, the loss at the Olympics, the loss against Allen, the loss in that Continental Tour. But, like, it's always one or two. The last time he finished outside the top two was Monaco Diamond League in 2020, which feels like a, you know, a fake race anyway because it's you know, the COVID year. But mm-hmm. the guy is either just going to get barely upset or he's going to win. And so now he's having a bunch of these you know, non-Grant Holloway-esque races. You could see maybe he's a little frustrated with the false start. He was the only one that ran all the way to like hurdle three or four. Um, but he's just not able to hold it together in those final two hurdles. Again, I know Grant's going to probably look at this as like, Hey, it's, it's so fine. You don't need to win all of them. Like it's just a regular season diamond league race. Like he's probably gonna put a lot more pressure on himself for a world championship, an Olympic or a diamond league final. But, uh, I don't know. I kind of like it that Grant isn't, that isn't invincible. Is it, yeah. Is it, isn't invincible because mm-hmm. It means that like there's a chance to see either something special or see an upset. And I don't know. I think what is motivating these athletes? We talked about this. What is motivating these athletes when you have a world championship in July? When they know there's still a whole, you know, eight weeks of running technically yeah. that you can still do. Sure. You have the gold you medal play- around your neck. It's like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That you can play that game with anybody. Focus can be a little off. Yeah, but they're not running that much. I mean, you could play that game with anybody. You're a competitor. You're a professional athlete. I think everybody goes in there to win. I'm looking at that Monaco race. He lost to Ortega, Pazzi, and Belosien. And it was similar to this race where there was a big four and then a huge gap. And uh, Ortega ran 13-11. And then Holloway was fourth in 13-19. He also has – someone brought this up in the chat just – it's not one person who keeps beating him, though. It's like a rotating 
he's got the loss to Allen. He's got the loss to to Parchment. He's got the loss to or losses now to Broadbell, and now Cunningham got in front of him. So there's that's a little bit different dynamic than if it was just one, and probably it makes it maybe less frustrating. Um, although, when is the last time Trey Cunningham has they've competed with each other since high school? Has Trey Cunningham ever beaten Grant Holloway? That might have been the first time ever. Yeah, can you I'm go to bring this profile up? Bring up the cool. matchup. Yeah, click on full profile. Ever. I mean, we'd have to go, and then if you go head to head there, yeah, let's change the event though. Change the event to one ten hurdles. Yep, exactly. Colts. Uh, he might have beaten him in that one. Oh, no, he's 12 beaten. to 2. Okay. When was it? Well, no, that's a scratch. That's a scratch. That other one's a scratch okay. from USA's this year. Type in um, 60 meter hurdles. Type in 60 yeah, meter hurdles. Yeah, can you hurdles. change it to. So I, I would call that 11 and 1. Man, they make you change the thing back. All right. You'll have to change that again to Grand Holloway. So mm -hmm. 4 and 0. Oh. Now change the heights. No, no, go back to the event again, Colt, because we I want to look at high school stuff here. Go to 60 meter, yeah, the 99 centimeter ones right underneath it. Yep, that one. And then try this. Bring We're doing this a deep out. dive here, folks. Two and oh. And then do the same thing for the one tens. Do the same thing. Do the smaller height for one tens. So this might be the oh one, no. One and okay. one. Okay. So green new balance nationals in 2016. Because I'm not counting when he scratched out of USA. He didn't run the race. Yeah, no, you don't count that. Yeah. So I, I, he's never lost to him at 60, as far as we can tell, high school, college, or pro. And only one other race, which was their first meeting, which would be New Balance Nationals 2016. That's 1343 to 1351. Yeah. Crazy. Look at that. Analysis. I mean, price. I'm just taking feels it good in. for Trey. Chat's taking it well, in. We're taking it in. I should have thought of that before and, and had the stat at the ready. My, this is what happens when you do the instant pod. Some of the stuff just comes to you like a little too late. Uh, and maybe if Cunningham won it outright, it would have popped more into my head. But got to feel good for Trey Cunningham because <laughs> there were some years there where Holloway wasn't just beating him, but beating him by a lot. And now he's right back there. So congrats to him. Next event. Congrats to like just the, the event, you know, having someone as good <laughs> as Grant, but then a bunch of people who all can beat the, the best person makes the event fun to watch. All right. So I'll just throw a couple other ones out here. You can talk about whichever one you want to women's foreign hurdles. That was bull. We had women's 400 and we had men's steeple women's eight as well. Uh, I mean, snooze, snooze, snooze. I mean, I guess the little Muhammad not running well in the 400 hurdles was a little interesting. She kind of, she was in it. She had a lead over Femke. She went out hard. From a, yeah. She went out hard. She held on to that through the first, like, what, 66% of the race and then just started falling off and then just completely died. Um, she ran out to Femke continues. Yeah, she was going for the win and just it, the wheels fell off. Kind of like how Carson Warholm's wheels fell off at the world final. 
Um, it did yeah, underscore I mean, a situation, though, that's interesting. If you're Femke Bowl, you are completely in no woman's land right now in the event. Because, <laughs> you, I mean, you, you've distanced yourself. And obviously, that's not, a, that's not an indication of Muhammad. Muhammad could, could be closer, as I'm mentioning. But yeah. she's two, and then there's a long way to number one. Because number one is you know, second and a half faster than you. So she's just – this photo finished picture kind of symbolizes it. But you'd probably want to put her – like in the middle, and then you put another gap in front of her to where Sydney McLaughlin is. Like it's a tough spot for her to be in, um, an interesting spot. But I think things are going to change next year because there's all these moving pieces now with who goes to the 400. The 400 is going to be the most women's 400 is going to be the most watched, like off season property in terms of who says they're going to do it and who says they're not going to do it. That's going to be the thing that everybody's wondering who moves in. Who moves into that new, that new event? Do we need to like get a Bobby Marks ESPN type person to talk about like the salary cap when it comes to the women's four hundred? Like, the, the, guys, I just talked with the well. <laughs> what if each event had their own representative, like who whose job it was just to get the best people? No, 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 no. Like a commissioner. So if you were the men's two hundred oh. commissioner, you you had a budget, and your job was to get the best people in the two hundred. So you're like, forget the hundred. Come over here. Michael Norman, come on, man. 1976, like run the 200. Like your job is solely to look out for your event and you are paid based on how good your event turns out. So you're just doing things. And then you can do trades. Yeah, 100%. Like you're not, sorry, you're not in the 400 hurdles anymore. We've traded you. I mean, because I feel like the the 400 400 meter commissioner, the 400 meter commissioner would trade the entire top eight from Worlds for one Sydney McLaughlin. You can have well, all the that, top if, eight runners in the world. We just want Sydney. Well, if yeah, if Miller Weibo is leaving, it's a you know it's a buyer's market for yeah. you. Free up some cap space. You're on the phone. You're on you're on the phone with everybody trying to get whoever you can to to come to your meet. All right, did women's see, eight. Uh, did you see um, the track schedule for 2023 came out? I did. I don't want to talk about it yet, though. I need to dive into it. Okay. Let's save that for let's save that for Monday or Tuesday pod, Monday. or Wednesday pod. Yeah, we got we got plenty of time. I did see it's only nine days, so if you go, you can cut down on one day of hotel. Whoa. Big big change. Thirty seven. That thirty seven dollars you lost, maybe you just made it back right now. I did. Yeah, that's a good point. Shout out to. Me. I mean, my my quick analysis is the one thing I was looking for is are they going to separate the women's four hundred and women's four hundred hurdles, and they didn't. That was my reign. That was what I was looking for. Like when they talk about the one and the 200 double being possible, I say, congrats. You've just created a schedule that literally anybody could create and has been created since the beginning of time. Like don't, that shouldn't be in your list of accomplishments when you make a schedule. I still think, now I'm talking about it after I said I wasn't going to talk about it, which is on brand for me. I still think Sydney can do it though, based on the amount of time she has and the rate and the races that are in place. It's not as if it's impossible. It's not like the finals are back to back or anything like that. There's degrees to this stuff. So it's still in the realm of possibilities, but in a nine day meet, they could have made it easier and simplified it. I'm willing to tell you, I guarantee you when they were making the schedule, there was not one moment where they considered Sydney McLaughlin. They're just like, I don't think they think about the athletes that they have. I think they just think about television programming. No, 2024, they will. 
I think because they're trying to get it switched. They're trying to get it moved so that the way they know. I think I think this just they started this process probably before she'd even talked about it. That's what I'm thinking. Like the they didn't do the schedule last week. They just they announced it's not it so today. Hard to make a but schedule. The schedule just be like 100. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Right, go. And I have a good one from my buddy Jason, who you met in Eugene. He created the perfect schedule that should be used every year at the championships, where every logical double can take place. Like it's not hard. Um, now it got a little harder because there, if you keep adding events like the mixed gender four by four, then you have to move stuff around. Um, but like, remember like Phelps that year and swimming, like they moved all sorts of events around for him so he could win as much as possible. Cause that was TV. That's what they wanted. They wanted Phelps programming on every single night in, in prime time. So I think 24 will be the true test if how how they make that schedule will be a better indication. Cause I don't think my prediction right now is I don't, I think she's just going to do one. I think it's going to be the open four next year. That's what I'm going with. And I think the double would come in 24 when much more attention will be on. Her. Good. Uh, pre schedule chat. Cause we'll talk about it again next week. Yeah, sorry. That was all my takes, probably. it's Now it's going to sound repetitive when I do it. Uh, have, Yuma Rojas won. Okay, good. I'll look at it more. I'll, I'll, I'll dive in more and find some other issues. Do you want to play Rojas a game? Won. We should play a game. All right, we have the whole weekend. Oh. Let's see if we can memorize the schedule where I will just – we're both going to study all nine days, and then – I will pick a day randomly. I'll be like, what is the day four schedule? And you have to tell me it. And you do the same thing to me. And then whoever is more accurate wins $37. No, I'm not betting money. Just, you talk about just the, uh, just the finals? Just finals. No, you got to do the whole, yeah, just finals, just finals. Or just evening, how about just evening session? No, just finals of the day. Okay, that's not that hard. Yeah, I'll do that. I don't want to. I don't want to lose my money that I just won from you. But I'll. I'll do that. That's a shake. We got thirty-seven ducks. All right, we're going. Is that is that a is that a Monday pod or a Wednesday pod? I don't know. It's know a pod. Get... Okay, I'll, I'm I'm down. I'll do it. You know me, and I love schedules. So exactly. If I do this, exactly. if I, if I do this now, I won't need to do it all next year. So I'll be starting my homework exactly. early. Start studying now. Uh, Krauser lost to Joe Kovacs. 2265 to 2205. Don't see that every day. And you might be thinking, okay, well, that's like, that's not surprise. I mean, that's, it's a regular season loss or whatever. But um, when we're talking about athlete of the year and things like that, like those losses matter because it's hard to separate really great people. Although I think I know where the athlete of the year is going to go this year. I have a pretty strong suspicion. Wanda? Emmanuel Career. Emmanuel Career. Won the 800. <laughs> That'd be so good. He's going to be probably be in the top 10. Emmanuel Career is but definitely going to be in the top 10. Everyone's going to be like, why is this guy here? It's got to be Mondo. Like, there's not even. Is there I mean, any Lyles, close competition? Lyles is the closest. Is he really? If he wins the Diamond League. Mind? What's that? Yeah. Is he? Is he that? Is, I'm honestly asking, do you think he's the next closest? I mean, I think Krauser is definitely the next. Jakob, Jakob, but he lost. Uh, yeah, it's so gonna he's... be Mondo, but yeah, well, 
yeah, it's it's Mondo in a walk. I think you could see Ingebrigtsen, Krauser, or uh, Lyles. Lyles getting the invites. Women's Listen, side. If, if Lyles goes out and in. runs, if Lyles, I mean, this isn't going to happen, but if Lyles would go out and run the unthinkable in the Diamond League final, they might give it to Lyles over Mondo. I think it would literally take a world record for Lyles to, if yeah. you're talking about that, is that the unthinkable? Well, yeah, okay, but that's, I wasn't thinking of it, so you're 100% right. Good call on that one, man. Women, McLaughlin, Fraser Price. I guess you could. I bet you they give it to Fraser Price as a protest vote against McLaughlin because she doesn't run enough meets. Well, that and we've all said this is, been an all-time great season for Fraser Price too. Yeah, just and if she is able to win the, if she's able to run one more, get a Diamond League win, I think that. I don't think too many people would be upset with that, even though the singular performance or a couple performances from McLaughlin are better. I don't think there's gonna be too many people arguing about Fraser Price. I think Amusan was interesting, and I mean the postseason losses are gonna hurt her. I think she'll get an invite. She'll be in there. And then... I like how we're doing this pod now. Faith Kipiega. Yeah, we should pod. save this, too. Yeah, sorry. Let's end the, let's, let's end the pod. I, my apologies. Spoilers, guys. Spoilers. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't... We're this is dumb. Well, when's the next track? So, it's next Friday, isn't it? Brussels? It is... Yes, yeah, next well, we Friday. We have one on August 30th. There's a Continental Tour on August 30th. In Italy, are we doing? We're not doing a. Po- are we doing a post one for that? No, we're not doing. No, a but like it's something to talk about. And then the next yeah. one is September fourth. So. Yeah, it'll be next Friday, meet on Wednesday and, and on Friday. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's not Friday. September fourth isn't Friday, is it? What well, says in yeah, six days? Oh no, September second. There's a meet, dude. Brussels yeah, September second. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We need to learn our own schedule. All right, man. We'll see you Monday at 9 a.m. Yeah. Thanks, right? Colt. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hope everybody enjoyed the thanks meet. Chat. Again, I'm sorry. Not my fault. I tried. I tried my best for it to be a good meet, but can't control the weather. We'll see you guys Monday.